Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Hi, I'm Brian. And I am Ed. And this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Today, we have not only one guest, but we have two guests total. Uh, we have a gentleman by the name of John Montgomery and another man by the name of Robert Roof. Uh, we personally, myself and Ed, both worked with Robert Roof, but we found out about John Montgomery and, and uh, through Robert because he spoke about him many times. Uh, Robert, how you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you today? Not too bad. John? Doing well. Thanks. Absolutely. So now you guys can recognize each one of their voices. Um, but we're going to start this. This is the first time we've actually done this part of an interview. We're actually going to test it out on these two. You guys want to be guinea pigs? Let's do it. Yep. <laughs> are you ready to be uh, to, to get uh, some rapid-fire questions going there, Ed? Yeah, I think on our previous interview, this wouldn't have worked. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if Jeff could have handled this. Are you sure? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if Jeff could handle it. <laughs> All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through um, audience uh, out there listening. This is called instinctive response. And what it is is they're going to give us a response to a question we have for them. Uh, and they're, it's just going to go back and forth. And then we're going to jump into their stories, and we're going to learn a little bit more about them and how um, they have kind of made their way through. I will let you know right off the bat, they're both over 20 years, retired military, um, and they've done a lot of great things, and we're going to talk about that. But let's, let's get it started. Ed, you fire off that first question. All right, I'd like to know what is their most influential musical band? Wow, most influential musical band. Uh, I would probably have to say I'm going to go something in the country genre and say let's go with Hank Williams Jr., that's a pretty good one. Oh wow! You know, you went. You know, it's funny. I met my wife at a Hank Williams Jr. concert in the parking lot. See, there you go. <laughs> what, the type of influence. First of all, <laughs> not shocked. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go ahead. Well, for me, uh, I'm definitely not a a uh, didn't like uh, country uh, originally. I'm gonna have to go with uh, Motley Crue. They kind of defined my genre of music growing up and everything that I enjoyed and loved during the '80s. So I mean, I have to go with my Motley Crue. Wow, that's a hey, good band. I don't care it's what anybody says. Band. Amazing, <laughs> right? Hey, hey, I was in the ballpark with him. I was thinking he was gonna go with something like a Led Zeppelin, maybe a little earlier because he's old. Oh. But uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I was in the ballpark uh, with about, him about a decade early. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you're still the oldest one of the group, okay? So let's not fool anyone. Am. Yeah. All right, so my question right off the bat, who would play you in a movie? Oh, that's pretty easy because everybody's told me it should be Ed Norton. Ed Norton. For, year, for years, people said that I look like Ed, Ed Norton. I, I don't personally see it, but I think Ed Norton would, would have to be the guy. Oh, wow. John? Wow, that's tough. Let's go with... Uh... Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Are we talking about Dazed and Confused, Matthew McConaughey, or Mud? You know, uh, we're going Dazed and Confused, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking more for me, more like Denzel Washington. What do y'all think? I'm Definitely. gonna go with no. <laughs> what? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ed. What do you got? What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Well. Uh, I would have to say an old uh, an old boss of mine always would say, 
make sure tomorrow is set before you go home. And really, I think that kind of is applicable to different facets of life. But, you know, get prepared for the next day because you never know what's going to happen between now and then. So uh, that was a great piece of advice I got. That's good. Yeah, I like that one. I'm going to have to go with uh, my dad. Um, He told me when I was young to always be genuine in who I am and, you know, just always be who you are, be upfront and honest with people and just remain true to yourself. Be a gentleman. Hey, Ed, what did we talk about my boy once? That's what your son wants to be when he grows up. That's his goal in life. That's what he wants to be when he grows up, guys. But you know that, a gentleman. There you go. <laughs> that genuine thing. I, I can see that out of, out, of, uh, out of Robert. I can see the genuine thing, just working with him for those few months. I definitely see it. You want the truth, he's going to give it to you. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I've never, I never thought that if I ever asked Rob a, a question, that he would not give me the straight answer. So, That's very true. on point. That's true. Yes. Good, good very stuff. Very candid. Yeah, very much. Hardest physical vent ever. Hardest physical, oh, running. I mean, for a, for a, um, just, I don't like to run, but, you know, running. And I tried the uh, salmon ladder recently. And uh, that was an epic fail. What is that? The same that I like to do in the uh, Ninja Warriors where yeah. you have the pole and you have to pull up and grab the next one. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, I think I got it off off the, uh, the the one level and then almost killed myself with the metal bar. <laughs> I, I never saw that on your Instagram story. No, it was definitely not on my Instagram. I was uh, with my son at his uh, um, parkour training and they had it in the corner. I was like, oh, let me try this. <laughs> And I tried it, and yeah, we almost went to the hospital to try out that VA medicine. So, <laughs> it, uh, my mind goes to, and I'm gonna hit you up in the hardest event ever. But my mind automatically, when you you said I tried this, and you said parkour, first thing I thought, Steve Carell, The Office, the episode where they tried to parkour, he jumps into a box, and then they had to take him to the hospital. Well, it wasn't that bad. Okay, but right. it was it, it was definitely an epic fail. Yeah, John, hardest event ever. Uh, I ran the Marine Corps Marathon in, let's see, 07, and that that got my attention for sure. So I completed, uh, not as quickly as I'd like to have, but uh, I stayed running. That was my goal, complete without walking, but it was very, very, uh, very trying. Absolutely. Go ahead. What is your biggest pet peeve? Wow. I don't know if we have enough time to discuss all these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just one. Just one. Just give us just one. Just one. Uh, yeah. I would say, and, and Robert's going to laugh, but I would say uh, arriving late for things that you generally have an ability to arrive on time for. Okay. Good. Yeah. I like that. I'll, I'll reserve my comments. <laughs> oh, yeah? So what about you there, Rob? Um, probably my biggest pet peeve is lack of initiative. Uh, yeah. We're going to get into that, too. Yeah. I mean, if there's something that needs to be done, just, just you know, get it get it taken care of. Just go ahead and do it. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that just sitting around waiting to the last minute, that, that drives, me, drives me insane. Just go ahead and get it done. All right, so next one. Describe yourself as a teenager with three words. Oh. Uh, long hair. Well, that's two words, excuse me. So Put a hyphen. Okay, long dash hair. <laughs> um, 
bad dresser <laughs> and lack of study. <laughs> it's funny you said that about bad dresser. Have you seen that picture he put on oh. Facebook with his wife? Which one? Uh, I think I need to add that to the uh, <laughs> oh, please do the post. It, his wife looks wonderful. Oh, she always does. I'm married up. Oh, oh, absolutely. We all did. Believe me. I, I firmly believe that. Because any woman that could put up with uh, guys in the military for as long as we uh, have all served. And we weren't supposed to be in the military. We, we were in by mistake. Yeah. All right. So what do you got? Three words. John? Rebellious, adventurous, and underperformer. As it pertains to school. Now I'm really <laughs> lost on why you even joined the service because none of those things match a service member. This is true. Wow, we're going to get into that. <laughs> what do you got, Ed? Uh, a time you wanted to quit, but you didn't quit. Ranger school. Uh, Florida phase. Uh, swamp movement. Probably the coldest I'd ever <laughs> been in my entire life. Dark, cold, miserable. But... At the end of the day, the sun rose the next day and all was good. I'm going to have to go with basic training. There was almost every day for the first three weeks that I just wanted to quit. From the time that I was sitting at Fort Benning, why <laughs> am I here? What have I done? You know, is this really going to happen? I mean, they're not paying me enough. <laughs> to the, you know, to, to, to four weeks in, I was just kind of like, all right, I, I can do this. I, you know, they, they've molded me, I think. But almost every day I woke up at 4.30 and I was like, there's no way in the world I need to be up at 4.30. Yeah. You know, I, I, I came from being a bartender to, you know, staying up at, you know, 4 a.m. to getting up at the time I was going to bed. That's so crazy. Definitely basic training. All right. So if you could be on any magazine cover that you choose, <laughs> what would it be? And don't say real estate no, no, monthly. No, no. So right now, right now, if I could be on on any uh, magazine, oh, it would probably be I don't know, outdoorsman. I guess I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't vision myself in front of a magazine. Now, if we were to do this. In the 80s and 90s, it would have been Thrasher magazine. There you go. I mean, because I, I was skateboarding left and right. So, I mean, I would have wanted to be on that magazine. But nowadays... Uh, well, if they did a bio of you, then it would be fine, right? Yeah, well, it would have been, you know, um, you know, who fell the most and who wrecked the most. That would be my bio. Yeah. You know, who wrecked on the half pipe more often than not. <laughs> Crazy. John? I would probably say probably bow hunting. It's a magazine I really enjoy. It's good mag. I'm... Um, love being in the outdoors, love hunting, love, love fishing. So probably bow hunting. Very cool. Ed? All right. This is a good one. No, I want to know what magazine cover you want to be oh, on. Oh, you want to know yeah, what I'm magazine cover? <laughs> I'm, I'm really curious at this one. Uh, I just wanted to ask him. Yeah, that's, uh, see, it's not, it's not as much fun. Wait, first of all, I know which one you would be on, but we're not going to say that. But, uh, it's not as fun when you ask me. I wasn't ready for that. Well, okay. Then. <laughs> well, I'll go. I'll go back to my early military career, and I would be on the cover of uh, the Vietnam magazine. No, no. Uh, yeah, I don't know. History magazine. History magazine. Yeah, Ed's like a okay. history buff. Yep. This guy, he's crazy when it comes to history. All right, go ahead, Ed. Ask him a question. All right, here we go. If you had one superpower, what would it be? Flying. Why? <laughs> 
I just, it, it's kind of that uh, ultimate feel of freedom, you know, and just be very efficient with your time as well. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You, you wouldn't have to worry about being late. You'd to never anything. be late. Yeah, exactly. Depends about how fast you can fly. You know, the Army has uh, places you can go and they'll let you fly for free. So, <laughs> I've heard of that. All right. What you got, uh, I would have to go with teleport just simply so I can go where I want, when I want, you know. Uh, so, you're always going to try to beat John to wherever he's going? Oh, I, first? Uh, well, except for the last couple of days, I, I typically do. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, I would probably have to go with, with teleport. <laughs> All right. So, last question uh, before we get, actually get into some history on you guys. In, most influential class or course you ever took, um, whether it be civilian or military? Hmm. Most influential class. Just think about it. Whatever, you know, and, and, and the way I look at it is kind of like one of those, what is like one of those things that you constantly go back to here, almost like muscle memory in a sense, because you think about it, it's like how we, how we interact with people or how you do this or do that, you know, there's always something. Wow, you, you might actually have me on this one. Um, um, I don't know. On, on this one, I would probably have to go with with the public speaking class. I mean, it's kind of sad to say that, but I was always terrible at it. And then just having to, you know, get up in front of a group of people and actually deliver a message, it kind of shaped me for, you know, you know, leadership roles and mm-hmm. being who I am and whatnot. I mean, like I said, it's kind of sad to say that public speaking was influential in my life. Well, you think people, of- you think about Dale Carnegie. I mean, he made a living off that, and he taught millions of people, and yeah. he's still teaching people, and he's been gone for years. Yeah, you know, so that's a, I, I think it's a great choice, bud. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I do too. So, John. Yeah, I would say my most influential course would be the Marine Corps Command and Staff College course, and. Even though I was in the Army, I was able to attend that course and, you know, just surrounded by phenomenal uh, classmates um, and just learned a great deal. Everything from, like Robert mentioned, with public speaking to to planning to, you know, a lot about emotional intelligence and uh, being uh, challenged to know what you're saying before you open your mouth and <laughs> you know so uh, uh it was a very very good course that's awesome you brought the emotional intelligence thing uh we, we actually we've already recorded it before talking to you but it's a uh, that's a that's going to be a show that comes out after so okay. um, and it's wait um emotional intelligence there's so much you can get from that it's like once you tap into that and you tap into public speaking you, you're a force multiplier I don't care where you are. Exactly. You know? All right. So well, that, that was uh, that was instinctive response, and it really was what we could get out of you, and you know, kind of see, you know, where your mind was, get the get the uh, gray matter flowing uh, right off the bat. Rob, you come. You actually were born and raised in South Carolina. Yep, Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, you, did you spend your whole life there, or uh, I was in Columbia until I turned eighteen. Then I moved away as fast as possible, and went to uh, Myrtle Beach, where I attempted college for about. Two weeks, I enrolled, paid for it, and then I uh, decided that living on the beach was more fun than actually going to the uh, the school. And uh, then from there, uh, moved back home. Uh, my wife and I, you know, got married, and then we joined the military. So you you married her one before you joined, but after the the college mix up. 
Oh yeah. Well, we've been together since we were 15 years old. Oh. So she's uh, she's dealt with me for a hot minute. <laughs> Bless that woman. Yeah, she is a strong, strong woman. Wow. So he's a South Carolina native, and lo- he loves South Carolina Gamecocks. I know. I know you don't like my Gamecocks, but it's okay. It's, Nobody's perfect. It, it is nothing against you. No, it's nothing against you either. We're SEC. And that's we, all. And that's all that matters. That's where SEC, of course, they took a big hit, that, you know, recently. Yeah. John, you come from Kentucky. I do Northern Kentucky, uh, right up there by Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, grew up there. Spent basically my whole life there until joining the army after college. So you went to where did you go to school at? I went to Northern Kentucky University and uh, actually uh, majored in history. Didn't exactly know what I wanted to do with that degree. Uh, felt inspired to serve so I enlisted in the infantry and then a couple years later ended up going to officer candidate school and then that's how I transitioned into the artillery so you you said you're a history major yes I think you just became Ed's new best friend okay okay (laughs) we just become you want to go do karate in the garage (laughs) (laughs) no what I want to back up there though because you you talk about you enlisted in the infantry so you were enlisted prior to becoming an O right how long were you an, uh, an E? Just for about, just under two years. It, it's a really long story, but ultimately, um, maybe maybe for another podcast, but uh, ultimately um, was, was steered into uh, officer candidate school by uh, a couple officers, kind of took me under their wing, and uh, uh, kind of the rest is history, but I, I definitely uh, appreciated the experience. So, so you basically just like just like Robert, you went to. Did you go to uh, basic training down at Fort Benning? I did, I did in uh, summer of '97. '97. What year did you go, Rob? December '98. Yeah, it's right there, like right. not too far right. off from each other. I bet you the experiences were probably the same. So, Rob, you also went infantry straight. You know, after you decided, hey, this college thing's not for me, and I got married, and I got to pay for so all at, this. At, yeah, after that, uh, I moved back home, and then. Uh, I uh, was a bartender for about five years and realized that was going nowhere. So my wife and I got married and we decided that we needed to, uh, you know, do something you know greater and better. So I was determined to be, you know, some type of federal law enforcement. Well, federal law enforcement, they needed a degree. And I had none, didn't want one, didn't even want to pursue one. And so uh, I started looking at, you know, alternatives. I looked at like National Guard and Looked at, you know, Air Force. I was all about being the Air Force until they told me I couldn't choose what I wanted to do. And then the guy showed me the uh, cool Army video of how to be infantry and all the stuff I get to do. And I signed right up and went to basic training. And, yep, didn't, didn't do any of that stuff for the be- better part of a year. <laughs> <laughs> well, you think about it, though. You, know, you said you want to do federal police. In a sense, you work federal and you're police of the world when you're an infantryman, in a sense, if you in, think about in, it. In a sense, yes. Yeah, so uh, we connect the dots. I guess we can. Yeah. So 98, though, you said? Yeah, December 98. That's funny. I was in AIT at that time. Uh, we, somewhere in there. But I didn't go. I was at Relaxing Jackson, so it was a lot nicer. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. Same Relaxing Jackson. So you said you, you went O, you went officer side, and then you decided on a particular branch. Why did you decide on that branch? Well, the way it uh, worked back then, you simply got to select, you know, X number of branches you'd like to commission into mm-hmm. and ultimately i knew i wanted to serve in the combat arms so i knew you know infantry armor artillery um 
one of those three. Ultimately, my dad was an artillery officer, so ended up, you know, I'd heard stories uh, from him and uh, actually selected infantry as my first choice. Uh, I think artillery was my third choice. And so that's that's ultimately what I received. Hmm. That's crazy. So you, you say your dad was in. Uh, Rob, I'm going to throw this at you. Did you have history of family within the services? Uh, great uncles and uh, great grandfather. Uh, my father and uh, my, my mom's father, no. Okay, all right, all right. So I was kind of the first in you know, about three generations, two generations. So when, one of the things, when, you know, when, when I, uh, I talked to you both, or well, actually I talked to Rob and I went through, um, one of the things I, I said, hey, send me some information on you. What I noticed was with both of you, it's like you both got married close to the time that you joined. So what was the determining factor to you that you had to join because you got married and you wanted to provide or vice versa? Uh, I mean, so we got married, and then I was still, you know, working in, you know, a, a bar, and, you know, she was, she had a professional job working, you know, during the day, and, you know, she was coming home at 5 o'clock while I was going to work at, like, 3.30 or 4, and getting home, you know, we weren't seeing each other, and it, it just wasn't working, and it, it wasn't leading to that next stage of life that we needed to get to as a married couple, so uh, I looked for the best, you know, best alternative, and applying to a couple of jobs, that was something that uh, I tried, and the offers that I got was not something that I wanted to do. Right. And so uh, I, I turned to the military as a uh, really as a as a resume. That's honestly how I ended up. I was going to do a four year resume, and then four years or three and a half years later, we reenlisted, then we reenlisted, then we reenlisted. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, I mean, we we enjoyed it, but it was not the initial how we we're going to you know go about right. life. Yeah, and, and 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 definitely on the enlisted side, our commitment's a little bit different from the O side. So let's you answer. You can answer the question, and then let you guys don't re-enlist though. No, you just keep going basically <laughs> until they either say it's time for you to leave, or you say, "Hey, I want to leave." That's right. Yeah. That's so right. so what was it? Did you join? You joined, then married your spouse, or vice versa? We married right after uh, AIT. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and, and really she was in nursing school. Uh, and like I said, initially, you know, I was, I was kind of a wayward youth and, um, you know, I think the army provided direction and, uh, ultimately we still didn't live in the same state. In fact, we married in December of 97 and didn't live in the same state until, March of 01. Whoa. So between hmm. that time, between that time, there was basic training. There was officer candidate school. There was officer basic course. There was ranger school. All the schools, uh, a stint in Korea, etc. cetera. So uh, distance makes the heart grow fonder. We stuck through it and, you know, just celebrated our 21st anniversary. So That's awesome. So Ed, Ed, Ed on the other side, brother. So you, you've already heard a little bit about these guys. What do you got for these men? Hey, first of all, I mean, that kind of separation and uh, and working through it, like, good for you guys. That's that's amazing. And in 21 years, congratulations. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, when I met Rob, I thought Rob was a career guy. I think Rob, I felt like Rob was the guy that came in and was like, hey, I'm going to be an infantryman and I'm doing 20 years. So I'm kind of blown away uh, by that piece that, you know, he's kind of like, I'm building a resume. Hey, uh, so my question is, how'd that work out for you? How'd the resume building work out? 
Uh, the resume is fine as long as it stays within the military. And, you know, application to the uh, rest of civilian life, not so much. There's not many calls for a uh, infantryman, you know, out there on the market as far as like within Clarksville, unless you're going back to a government job. I mean, I, I think I'm a, a, a overqualified Walmart greeter right now. <laughs> so it's interesting because so I I was artillery the first time and I ETSed, and as a 13 Bravo, I kind of find a found the same struggles though i think it's a lot you know it, it, within the military the combat arms guys you know they're the guys that are doing you know they're doing a lot of the heavy lifting for us but when it's time for them to get out especially i got out in 95 and uh you know the programs weren't there so it's i, I mean i understand your struggle with like what was i qualified to do i could dig ditches <laughs> and i could probably work in a in a uh in a cemetery, I could probably dig the plots or something. <laughs> that's all I had done at artillery, you know? So, yeah, no, I, I totally understand. I think that falls along, Ed, with uh, your key phrase you like to throw in every single show of what we have to be able to do. Key phrase, key phrase. Oh, yes. No, <laughs> lifelong learning. Absolutely. Uh, there we go. Yeah. That's what we're about. That's exactly it. All right, so each one of you have both really, I mean, you've held a career, you know, through 20, 21 years. You two met at a certain point because you didn't know each other the entire time. You want to tell us about that, uh, John? Sure. Oh, this will be good. We, we actually <laughs> met uh, at Austin P. State University, which is here in Clarksville, Tennessee. Uh, and both of us were working in ROTC, which is a commissioning source for the United States Army on college campuses. So I was the chair of the military science department, otherwise known as a professor of military science. And Robert uh, was an instructor within that program. So we met there and just formed a bond right off the bat. I mean, you know, a lot of similar traits. Both of us, you know, love to work and, and just kind of right away became became friends. So that's where that's where we met. Would you change any of that, what he just said, Rob? No, not at all. Um, I mean, I, I arrived here in uh, 2014. And it Where'd was, you come from? Uh, Alaska. I was stationed up there for three years at Fort Richardson. And uh, after being in my office for a day or two and everybody's gone and nobody's there and I'm just existing, not knowing what my job is, this guy comes down to my office. He's like, hey, I'm Colonel Montgomery. Or I'm sorry, I'm Major Montgomery at the time. And he goes, we, uh, we have a common friend. And, I, you know, we talked about that for a minute that we just knew, knew from you know past experiences. And then he left. And I was like, I still don't know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> and so like a month went by and I, I, you know, I finally kind of figured out, you know, what my job was. And there was another fellow NCO that was working with us that, I mean, phenomenal NCO is a SAR major down in uh, um, Hawaii right now. And, uh, you know, our work ethic combined with his vision and whatnot, it just, we formed a really, really good team that we accomplished a lot in a short amount of time. And, you know, through that time, John and I became, you know, instead of just, you know, uh, you know, colonel and sergeant, we became friends and, you know, a lot of just, you know, regular John and Robert conversations as opposed to colonel and sergeant conversations. And, you know, over over the years, I mean, we just kind of, you know, have the same work ethic, the same vision, the same drive, same, you know, values. You know, you, you think it, I, I think I find it um, amusing at times that we are able to segregate uh work from friendship in a sense if you think about it guys and, and you can add on to this if you like but the idea that we can we can be pals within the work but when stuff has to happen 
hey, listen, I need you to do this. Let's get it done. And it's just like we click this switch and straight at it we go. What do y'all think about that? I, I think it's a great thing. Um, I think it, it it shows emotional intelligence, you know, as, as we were talking to where it's, uh, you know, I know that John was my boss. I know that he is a, was a higher rank than I was. But I know that I can have a, an open and honest conversation with him if need be. And so, you know, when things need to get done, you know, Roger that. John tells me what to do. I do what, what he needs to have, have happen. But, you know, we can close the door and be like, hey, you know, is this just me and you? Yep, no problem. And we can have that conversation. And then open back door and it's, you know, Colonel and Sergeant again. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I've had a lot of relationships, and I'm sure you and, you know, Ed have too, you know, throughout your military career where you have those people that may, you know, outrank you, but you can still have those honest and open conversations with them or go have a beer. But you go back to work and then. They're your boss. Absolutely. John, I just watched your face. My man over here, Rob, uses emotional intelligence. You you, you had this, oh, he took my word type thing. Tell us why, brother. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he hit the nail on the head, and ultimately it takes emotional intelligence to, you know, foster a relationship like that. And, you know, for instance, okay, yes, I outranked him. Yes, I could I could tell him to do something, but I can also – based on my knowledge of his work ethic, his expertise, competence, etc., rather than telling, I can rephrase and ask, hey, would you mind? Well, we both know that basically means, hey, need this to happen now. But it's simple, simple change of wording uh, denotes respect, etc. And I, I think, like Rob, Rob said, we, we just clicked and, you know, it was great great relationship. I would definitely say, because you basically took his characteristics, his attributes, and you were able to form fit through emotional intelligence, how to communicate with him and get the job done. Uh, Ed, what do you got, my brother? Yeah, I think, I think Rob really hit it. And it's kind of ironic to me. So my guy, right, my, my John is Brian. So, you know, at one point I was in the platoon, I worked for Brian and I knew the difference between I work for Brian and I can have a conversation with Brian. And then, you know, we, we went our separate ways, but he still outranked me. And I, that it, it was never that. Like, he, uh, he would get me to do stuff, but it would be through how he said things to me. He was never like, go do this. Hey, brother, we need to get this done and this done and this done. Can you get the other guys and make that happen? Got you. Made it happen, right? So, Brian is absolutely my John, like uh, John is to Rob. So, it, throughout your career, you see, and I think it comes with the military maturity. I think when you're a four-year specialist, maybe you don't understand that. But as we've grown, I think we had a better understanding, especially uh, enlisted the officer. Uh, what do you think, Brian? Uh, yeah, I would definitely say I'd have to ask John, do you have to drag Rob with you like I do, Ed? Not, <laughs> not, not typically, not typically. He, he, generally, he, he generally beats me there. He, he's generally on NCO time as compared to my officer time. So. Love it. I, I'm telling you, I, I just love that, like that feeling of togetherness, like how we're able to do that. We, we talked about it in episodes before. It's like when you enter the room, either one of you enter the room, it's almost like you can feel those other soldiers, sailors, airmen, and marine. It's almost like you gravitate to each other. What do you think? Oh, I would definitely agree. Um, you can generally look at a, a you know a posture 
you know, a walk of another person and tell, yeah, they, they've been in the military in some form or fashion. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, you know, I, I can probably relate to these, you know, a couple people as you're kind of walking into a room and, and, you know, gauging the landscape of, you know, so to say. Yeah. I, I, I just, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things for me. What do you think, John? Definitely. And, and that, again, goes back to emotional intelligence. You know, I, I've always called it my, you know, 90 second, what I drink a beer with this guy test. And, and, you know, in 90 seconds, most of the time you can tell what, what the relationship is going to kind of amount to. I, I think Margaret Thatcher said she, she knew in 10 seconds um, whether or not she'd be able to negotiate with a foreign dignitary. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Ed, you could probably uh, fact check me on, on that historical <laughs> bit of information but you know we're basically saying the same things you just know through you know body language expression etc um what this individual and you are going to be able to do or not do together it's it's, yeah. it's just a, it's incredible what you got ed yeah I, and it's it, you know and, and on that so yeah we recognize each other and it's crazy because a lot of the military were type A's, right? We're very dominant, but we still can recognize that guy that in 90 seconds, I know I'm going to have a beer with. I, I like that. I'm stealing that, by the way. <laughs> I like that as a measure. Uh, I know I'm going to have a beer with this guy within 90 seconds, and this guy can kick rocks barefoot. So, <laughs> But as a bunch of A personalities, that's interesting that we're able to do that. That is. That's great. Um, so... You guys both taught at APSU, and, and, and I'm guessing, how many years would that have been for each of you? Uh, I was there just over two years. Two years, and? And I was there four, and I actually still teach there. Oh, you do? I do. So what do you teach? You, you teach still in that, that, curric that curriculum they have? I teach external to the military science department now. Now I teach in the President's Emerging Leaders Program, which is a leadership program uh, for a small cohort of students who remain in that program all four years there at the university. Uh, so I teach uh, sophomore students both fall and spring semesters. So I teach two leadership courses. That's amazing. I definitely would love to go sit in on that. I bet you it's good. But with that, so four years, two years, you think about that combined total. How many people do you think you've influenced through that particular school and that, that line of effort that you went? Uh, you would have the numbers on these. Um, uh, we had an average of what, 104, 105 per year. Yeah. Plus, you know, when we go to uh, summer training at uh, Fort Knox, I mean, each company had about 150 per there that you touch in in some way. So, I mean, I don't know, four or 500 probably. Yeah, I would. I, well, let's see, 100. Let's say 150 I mean, times the, four for him. There's 600 right there. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and then you think about that. The, I, I mentioned this before. I said this uh, during the Rick Williams interview. He was uh, He's two episodes before you all. But you two are a pebble or a rock thrown in the middle of a pond, and you created those waves. And, and it's just it's phenomenal. But you both retired 20 years, 21 years, and then you said, you know what? I just don't want something easy. Let me get more challenging, and let's really throw a kink in things, and let's make my wives uh, go crazy. What is it that you decided to do, John? So I decided to dive headfirst into real estate. Uh, I started investing in real estate 
uh, several years ago and just kind of fell in love with it. It, it reminded me a lot of the Army, interestingly, uh, because I saw it as uh, multiple sets of problems to solve. And uh, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit, and I just, the more I thought about it, I, I you know, entertained thoughts of, you know, where can I control my time better? Uh, where can I achieve uh, different, different goals? And it kept coming back to real estate. So that's ultimately why I dove, dove head first in. Yeah. Rob? Um, John and I initially talked about doing uh, real estate investing together. And after, you know, a couple months of discussing it, going back and forth, having those Rob and John conversations that we would have, um, I was like, well, you know what, I'll, I'll get my real estate license and, you know, kind of, you know, curb some of the costs here and whatnot for, you know, future. And after looking at it, you know, a little bit longer, learning more about it, and, you know, I got really interested in, in real estate. And I'm going to be honest, I actually love going to look at houses. Uh, I mean, you know, say, say what you will. I actually like walking through houses because eventually I'm going to build my own. And I want to know what I like and what I don't like. Right. And so, um, you know, I like the challenge of, you know, I have to make the contacts and win somebody over for them to trust me to, you know, do what I, you know, to, to represent them. Yeah. To, you know, have their best interest on, on something that, you know, costs, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of their money. You know, they're, they're trusting me to, you know, take that and, and, you know, make it better or buy it or sell it, you know, whatever. And then I like, you know, like John, the ability to control my own time. And, you know, I mean, it's, I get to meet more people on a daily basis than I think I have in really any career I've ever been in. I mean, including bartending. I mean, I met people all day long. Here, I talk to everybody about everything and just have good, honest conversations. That's awesome. But, you know, but I look at it, really, and I see, I see what you decided to do. You, guys, you cut your paycheck in half by retiring, and then you decided to take a job where there's no guarantees. Right. Why? You know that that was a risk, but uh, one of my one of my mentors, his name's Jack Turner, and he's what I call a hyper connector. And what I mean by that is he always looks for ways to put people in contact with others for the greater good, and uh, he's had phenomenal success uh, doing that. And we were at breakfast one morning, and he said, "John, just remember this." about your next career he said any career you go into that has a guaranteed financial floor will also have a a guaranteed ceiling so in other words if you're guaranteed to make seventy thousand dollars a year you can probably rest assured that you'll top out at you know call it 80 call it 100 what have you and so you know, in, in real estate, as in be it public speaking, et cetera, there is no guaranteed financial floor. You know, it's 100% commission-based, but it's ultimately a financial meritocracy in that you're rewarded financially for your drive, for your determination, um, for your ability to um, produce. And, and that really, uh, it, it really inspired me, and it um, it was a challenge. It was a personal challenge, much like I think 20 plus years ago joining the military was. So I just, I took a leap. Uh, I had the support of my wife and, uh, and, and it's been great since. And isn't that a great feeling though, when your wife is behind you like that? hundred percent, because ultimately you've got to be on the same team. And it was just like with, 
real estate investing. I mean, you, you've got to be on the same page because it's not worth it if you don't have that have that support. Absolutely. So he mentioned his wife's fully on board. I would guess yours also, Rob. But I mean, oh, most definitely, she runs the house. <laughs> I, you know, I, I mean, we we can say that uh, I'm in charge. You know, but I mean, come on, let's be honest. Yeah, my yeah. wife. She likes to refer to me as I get to be the head of the household, but she's the neck. <laughs> That's go. what my wife says too. Yeah. <laughs> she's the neck, and she no, can turn the head how she wants. <laughs> uh, you know, I like that yeah. one right there. Yeah, uh, my wife is definitely supportive. I mean, she has been for you know the whole time we've been in the military, and I mean, you know, I, I will say that it is harder on the spouses and the children, you know, in the military than it is on the uh, on the soldier. I mean, we have to deal with a lot, but you know, the the family that stays behind and whatnot is harder on them. And so now going from that type of career to this one where I have more free time, I'm more available in the morning to be with, you know, my kids. And I mean, I enjoy making them lunch every morning, you know, I mean, something as simple as that. I enjoy making their lunch in the morning. Um, she, you know, she has always supported me in everything I've ever done. And, uh, you know, I couldn't go forward doing anything without her. You know? that's, a, that's just awesome. Yeah. You guys just meant both mentioned your kids real quick. Um, so Rob, you have a 14 year old and a 17 year old. Well, they're right now they're thirteen and sixteen, but their birthdays are close enough that I'm, you know, <laughs> they're, 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 yes. You like to round up. Yes, uh, yes. My uh, <laughs> my daughter will never do that. She she lets you know exactly what she is at that moment, even if it's two hours before her birthday. But does he? And then <laughs> does he round up his own age? That's a question. Do you round up your own age? Oh no, 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 no not at all. Uh, <laughs> I, I pretty much uh, I'm I'm round up everything except my own age. I am exactly forty three. <laughs> <laughs> Still younger than you, Ed. <laughs> yep, I've got years on them. <laughs> and then John, you have a seventeen or twenty year old. The twenty year old currently attends UK. Correct. She's in her fourth semester at University of Kentucky. She's a finance major. Uh, doing really well. Super proud of her and. Uh, in fact, she just left a couple of days ago to start uh, start the semester. So, and then I, uh, Crystal and I, our youngest daughter is seventeen. She's a junior in high school here in Clarksville. Oh, that's awesome! I mean, it's funny, you know, like because you you both have older children, just like Ed. I have very young children. I have one eighteen year old, and then I have two young children, and it's just it's weird. Have you, like, do you ever, like, just look at the big picture of things and how you've played out in life, and then your children, it's almost like they've continued on that. What do you think about that, Rob? Kind of. I mean, I, I, I would say that, you know, my children are definitely on their own path. Um, you know, when we grew up was is 100% different than what, you know, our kids are growing up in now. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would say that the things that we, we dealt with in high school is not what they deal with in high school and, you know, the connection of social media and, and whatnot. Um, to some degree, I like to believe that my children are on the same path that I am. And, right. and I'm hoping they're doing better than I did because, you know, when I came out of high school, I was, you know, I, I didn't know what I wanted to be. You know, I had no idea, you know, what you know, what was next, you know, what I wanted to do. And <laughs> so was I. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think my kids have a, a general idea of kind of what they want to do. I mean, granted, they'll probably change 10, 15 more times, but you know, they, they're pretty set on kind of, you know, where they want to go in life and what they want to do. John, what do you think about your children and the path they're taking compared to what you did? I think they're on a much better track. You know, I mentioned I was very, uh, rebellious and uh i think our children uh 
they have a better idea of who they are and they make much better choices uh, than I did. And uh, again, like, like Robert said, it is a very different time uh, to be a teenager. Uh, but uh, they're, they're their own young ladies and uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the decisions they've made to date. And, you know, I'm really uh, looking forward to, to see what the next, you know, few years hold for them. Yeah. Ed, you got anything for these two gentlemen? Yeah. You know, I have older kids too. I mean, we got to let them make their little way. So they, they, you know, my kids went totally different paths than I went. I went, (laughs) I graduated and went straight to uh, Fort Sill, Oklahoma. So uh, my kids went a total different path, but it's their path. And sometimes, you know, they'll say, Oh, I'm doing this. I'll be, Oh my gosh. Uh, (laughs) Hey, yeah, it's your choice. And I used to teach them that too. Like, you know, choices come with consequences. So whatever choice you make, just be ready to deal with those consequences. And so far, so good. So far, so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I want to look at a couple of things because when you guys, you sent me some information, you know, because I, I like to learn a little bit about people. And I saw kind of a, a trend here in a sense of why you decided to go the real estate route. Um, I'm going to start with John, then I'm going to run over to Rob. First, what I noticed, and you said it already, was the problem solving. Help help our listeners understand what it means about problem solving in real estate. Because to me, like I think of it this way: I need a house. Help me find a house. We got a house, you know. But it's more than that, right? Right. It's you know, it's it's the dozens of extra things to consider with the purchase or sale of a home. You know, school districts. You know, uh, likelihood of appreciation. Uh, what type of loan do you want to uh, try to pursue? Uh, what type of neighborhood do you want to be in? Proximity to work, uh, future developments in and around the neighborhood that could adversely uh, impact property values. So, th- so there's just all of these things to consider. And the reason I, I feel like I can be empathetic with, with clients is because so often in the military, we're on such short timelines to find a home. You know, I remember being stationed in uh, the uh, Washington, D.C. area Mm -hmm. and traveling to Clarksville, Tennessee, when I was getting stationed at Fort Campbell and having basically two days to find a a house. And, uh, you know, that's such a short amount of time. And and if you don't have, you know, a, a qualified uh, real estate agent, you can, in your haste to find a property, overlook uh, some key things that can really uh, come back to bite you. So I, I just feel, uh, you know, like I, I enjoy helping people solve those problems. And, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, that, that's what you're doing. I mean, you're, you're helping people. Uh, with a problem set, and each day it's a different client with a different set of goals, different set of uh, problems. And that's just that. As you explain that, my mind started just like ballooning and thinking about all these different things. And that's exactly what it is, because that's exactly what it was when we were in the service. You did the same thing, except for you just on the other side, and you were more like, "Hey, listen, you don't want to buy a house over there because you don't know what's over there." It, right. Right. Exactly, Rob. Yours. I noticed it says you wanted to work for yourself. 
how does this whole real estate thing allow you to do that? Well, it allows me to, one, manage my own time. And it also allows me to, you know, the effort that I put in is a reward that I, that I get in return. So, I mean, if, if I want to work hard and, you know, continuously to, you know, you know, uh, be, get out there, meet the people, you know, do the, do the presentations and the appointments and, con- you know, connect, you know, other potential buyers and sellers, then, you know, that's more business for me, more, you know, motivation to go out there and, and you know, to be successful. Or if I just decide to not do anything and just sit around and then, you know, I'm my own worst enemy, you know, in, in some way. Yeah, I would definitely say that, but just, just talking to you guys and kind of getting to know you, if you guys were a character on Twilight series, I would be on Team Rob John. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, there he, you go. He threw the Twilight on us. Did he just <laughs> reference? <laughs> I was just thinking you about reference Twilight? I, I think he did. Oh. I was just messing Your around. Your partner referenced Twilight out of all the possible references. <laughs> so many Twilight references. Out there. So. So now that we're, you know, 16-year-old girl sitting in here. Yeah, I mean, that's funny. Now, I just like to throw stupid stuff like that sometimes because it kind of helps us, like, really get out there. Um, but that's, I mean, but that's it, though. Like, you you were able to set those out. Now, this is my question for the two of you. Are you are you two separate entities, or do you consider this a one-team thing and everything is kind of split between you? Oh, I'll, I'll let John have this one. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's – it's interesting because we've talked about partnering in real estate for quite some time prior to uh, earning our, our real estate licenses. And ultimately, uh, it just the more we studied, the more we investigated and researched, it just made sense because much like we discovered at Austin P we have our own sets of strengths and weaknesses. Um, fortunately, um, they're different. So, you know, whereas I may not be the most technically competent individual on the planet, uh, Robert's ex- exceptionally technically competent. Uh, so, so that strength mitigates one of my weaknesses. And ultimately, as we kind of researched this, we thought, okay, we can partner which will allow us to scale this business um, much much more effectively and efficiently and I think we're also able to better provide services to clients uh, because there's always someone there if I'm uh, let's say I, I go out of state to visit family well rather than trying to do things you know on the phone or tell a client, hey, you've got to wait until next week, Rob, Robert's right there. And, and he understands the situation. He understands the client. He can pick that up. So I just think there's so many efficiencies to be gained. And we already have a relationship, a working relationship, personal relationship. So uh, we just felt that, you know, we can make this work effectively. And there's a lot of naysayers out there. You know, one, one of the quotes you always hear is there's nothing that sinks faster than a partnership. Well, we, we took all that into consideration, but ultimately uh, we felt that there were many more pros than cons uh, in doing this. Yeah. That, I mean, you know, and that, that's great to hear because I can tell you right now, my partner, whoo, I don't know why. Right. Well, he went all the way across the ocean. 
Michelle's gonna listen to this. <laughs> I wasn't talking about Michelle, Ed. Oh. I wasn't talking about Michelle. Yeah, he, yeah, he totally left me. You know, he like yeah. he's like I can't be around him, but I well, still got my partner up so well that one's going to one continent, the other one's going to the other one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, insane, right? But you know what I took from that though. So you said earlier, it's complete commission. It's not like I just get guaranteed paychecks, all this. But you you two kind of made that deal where you're saying, okay, I'm willing to give up a certain amount of monetary value, one, to have somebody, one, I can work with, good, and two, that's going to help grow this to be something greater to help others. Am I wrong by saying that? Exactly, because if you look at, you're as a realtor, you're basically your own business owner, and you, you, if, if you're honest with yourself, you understand that you can only scale to a certain level by yourself. So at that point, that either uh, meets your goals or uh, you need to uh, either partner with someone, form a team, hire an assistant, etc. And so ultimately, for us, this made the most sense. Uh, and... and you know, I also think it provides a very unique perspective uh, because there aren't many uh, partnerships in real estate where you have a retired non-commissioned officer, a retired commissioned officer in a marketplace that's so heavily dominated by individuals with a connection to the military. So I think it provides a very unique perspective uh, to our clients. I would definitely say this is what I see. I see a command group. That's what I see. And what does a command group do? They command and they get things done. And that's that's what I see when I hear the two of you. I've talked to you, Rob, about it. What, what do you think? Well, it's funny that you bring that up because, I mean, it's, it is it is that, that kind of structure without it being that structure. I mean, we have everything now from step action drills to, you know, I mean, you know, building boxes that this goes on this type of mission like if we're doing an open house i've i've built a checklist of boxes that we would take a lot of what we've done in the military and applied it to real estate um you know you talk about you know having a battle board in in uh, the military well i mean we're setting up our battle board to track clients and buyers and sellers and what they need and what you know what's next we have morning sync meetings we had one right before y'all got here we have budget meetings i mean it's a lot the, the same that we did and we're just applying that to a new business model and you know we're playing off of each each other's strengths and weaknesses john can walk into a room full of strangers and strike up a conversation with anybody in, in half a second and awesome. and talk for an hour me, I'm going to walk in a room and surveil and decide who do I want to talk to and who do I need to talk to. You're in attack mode. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, that's kind of true. But then also, I mean, I can, you know, I can grab his phone and fix it, you know, when he touches a button he wasn't supposed to. You know, so right. You know, Does that happen a lot, John? It happened this morning. Every day. Every day. It happened this morning. <laughs> he couldn't get into his email, and I'm like, dude, just give me the phone. <laughs> you know, I mean, so we, we definitely play off of each other's strengths and weaknesses very, very well. And we spent probably, what, two maybe three weeks discussing this back and forth whiteboarding everything you know the pros the cons what could go wrong and whatnot and you know he talked to a lot of outside influences i talked to a lot of outside influences and we just kind of came to the decision that we can grow the way we both want to grow use each other's strengths you know to each other's advantage and you know what if we're giving up a little bit, bit of monetary value you know from our commission checks to grow bigger and be more successful Okay, I'm fine with that. That sounds great. I, I just love hearing about it. Let me ask you this, though, both of you. Think back, 18-year-old Rob, 18-year-old John, 
do you did you see yourself like this and using these methods? Oh no, not even remotely close. No. Uh, <laughs> Why? Eighteen year old Rob, I thought I'd still be at the beach, long hair. Uh, hopefully, my wife would still be with me. Uh, I mean, we I wasn't married there, but we were we were dating. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I mean, she has put up with me for a hot minute. I love that woman to death. Um, God, eighteen year old Rob, I, I don't know if I would like me. <laughs> I, I, I was, I was. You didn't like eighteen year old Rob either. I didn't. No, know. He, no, he I, would. He would not. I, I didn't know eighteen year old Rob, but at eighteen, you know, I was traveling around, shooting archery tournaments, uh, you know, borrowing money to do that, sleeping <laughs> on the floor, hotel yeah. rooms, uh, you know, wow. just uh, living day to day, kind of doing what I love to do, which is why it took me uh, a little longer than four years to earn a earn a degree in history. So uh, ultimately. Uh, just uh, didn't have a lot of direction and uh, wasn't goal oriented, you mm-hmm. know. And that's that's why you know I'm I'm super goal oriented right now. Um, uh, I actually have a real estate coach, and one of her uh, one of her uh, assignments uh, a few weeks ago for me was, hey, I want you to create a bucket list, and and I'd al- already had to provide her with goals, but. Just in doing a simple exercise and, you know, create a bucket list with 25 items that are somehow related to finances. Just finances or real estate? Well, basically, finances produced through real estate. In other words, not a bucket list such as I want to be a better father, husband, but I want to be able to take my family on a cruise, for instance that requires money. In other words, you know, bucket list items that required money. But, but ultimately it was, I, I, I talk about that because it relates to goal setting and then, you know, short-term, long-term intermediate goals. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't do, I didn't do a lot of that, you know, at, at 18, obviously. So, yeah. uh, I, I think much more about it nowadays. I really like that idea. You brought that up. You said uh, that you have this, uh, you have a coach in real estate, but she's not getting you to focus just on that. She's actually trying to help, you know, because we all, lifelong learning, Ed says it all the time. I love it. We're learning. F- yeah, I know you yeah. do. <laughs> but, but with that, I mean, how has that helped you since you started doing that? So it's been huge um, for, for our listeners who might be in the military. Um, I called it, you know, the brigade combat team blinders. I used to be uh, the executive officer of 4th Brigade and 101st Airborne Division. And you'd get so busy with the daily to-dos, the daily grind, that you'd find yourself losing focus of what was going on to your left, right, and, and above. And so you, you, you got these blinders like on a horse, like on a racehorse. And what this, what, what my coach, uh, uh, her name's Jinx Cole, what she enables me to do is she keeps uh, me focused on that bigger picture. You know, what type of continuing education are you attending? What are you listening to on, on this podcast? What uh, conferences are you scheduled to go on? What are your goals, etc.? So she, she uh, makes me think, wide and far as opposed to this day-by-day reactionary mode mm. so that's that's been very important yeah that's and that's great 
Um, you said uh, you said about you listen to other podcasts. There's there's podcasts that you you tend to listen to. I'm I'm a huge uh, fan of podcasts. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I listen to uh, you know Bigger Pockets. They have a great uh, great podcast. I'm a big fan of uh, you know Grant Cardone. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of his, uh, podcasts, Cardone's own young hustlers, um, he and his wife do one, which is, uh, I think really interesting for, uh, you know, spouses, uh, who may be, uh, looking to go start a business or, or, uh, you know, do something along those lines. But yeah, I mean, I'm definitely always trying to learn mm -hmm. and, uh, look, look for people in all aspects of life that are, a little bit more successfully, correction, a little bit more successful than me. Mm -hmm. um, that seems to help. Absolutely. Do you, do you, do you frequent any at all yourself? Podcasts. I'm actually going through my list. Oh, you have a list. Uh, I probably listen to 10 different podcasts. Uh, I don't really listen to radio that much when I'm out driving around. Join the crew, brother. I mean, anything from the top listing agent show, le legal wars, business wars, American history, uh, tellers, uh, bigger pockets. Uh, this is war. I mean, you name it. TED Talks, Lifetime Cash Flow. Uh, just a little bit of everything. Um, while I'm out and about, if I'm not, you know, on the phone, you know, talking with somebody, I'm listening to something to either try to inspire me, make me a better person, or just keep me informed of, you know, everything out of my normal sphere. Absolutely. And you know, you think about that. You, the both of you, you think about it really. Um, if you want to be successful. You have to find some type of inspiration, some type of influence to continue on. Because if not, you get into that mundane day-to-day, -day, and it's just blah, blah, blah. And I felt I felt that before in the military, um, because that's really the only job I really have known. But it's just amazing to hear that both of you are doing all this stuff. Uh, Ed, what do you got, brother? Actually, it's funny, because when Rob was talking, so Rob actually turned me on to a podcast that I, I've listened to, uh, the Ben Shapiro Show. Rob told me to listen. Yeah. He said, listen to it. You'll like it. And I actually do still listen to it since he told me that. And I just now, right now, remembered that Rob is the one that had told me about that particular podcast. But uh, one of the things that I noticed, kind of a theme, that, uh, you know, us as old soldiers, we enjoy a challenge. And I think these gentlemen really, when they jumped into this real estate, it was just another challenge to keep the blood flowing, to use their drive, their determination, you know, their productivity. So, I mean, that it really dawned on me as they were speaking that that's such a driving factor for us as, as old soldiers is that challenge. We like it. You know, we want to feel alive. So, I mean, absolutely, that's excellent. They picked a heck of a challenge, though. <laughs> absolutely. You know, and it reminds me, when I go back to, I go back to a couple podcasts before um, where we talked about Simon Sinek, and one of the things he said, it's funny, I, and, and this is what I thought of, was, what is it about the person that runs towards danger? Now, I'm not saying you're running into a live firefight, guys, but you literally said, I'm cutting my paycheck in half, and I may not get anything from this, but I'm going to run towards this because I've got a goal. I've got something I want to reach. I want some problem solving. I want to work for myself. Entrepreneurs, in a sense, if you think. I mean, that's what it is. Right. Right. So uh, that's just amazing. If So we're going to start winding things down. I gave you both a card. We're not going to talk about that quite yet, um, and and we'll discuss that in a minute because it's one of the things we do with every every person that comes on. Um, where can the listeners like? I want them to contact you. I want them to reach out to you when they have needs. They come to the Fort Campbell area because we have a lot of people that are in the military that are listening to this, and if they come to this area, 
I think they need to come to you guys and see you because this is a team that I'm just I'm ecstatic. Let me tell you something, guys. I have to leave when I come back um, to, from Korea. Well, I have to go another place, and then when I finally come back here, I think I know who I'm calling when I need to find a place to live. I hope so. So, how do they get a hold of you guys? Uh, so they they can contact us. Uh, we're actually in the process of building our website right now. It's uh, thejrgrouppartners.com. Uh, it should be up and running. Uh, well, by the time this is airs, it'll it should be up and running. Um, they can contact us on there. We both have local numbers, and we're both on you know all all facets of social media, and both have business Facebook pages, you know Google Plus, Google Business, all that good stuff. I mean, we are all from having no social media two years ago to being on every facet of social media to include podcasts is a, a drastic change. That's yeah. amazing. And and I would like to say something uh, to the audience about that because you know in the military we're taught to keep you know, kind of a very low signature on social media, but getting into a career where it's all about uh, branding and promoting yourself, you really have to kind of break out of that mindset. And, uh, you know, Brian, you and I were talking about Jimmy Blackman, who uh, commanded a aviation brigade in the 101st Airborne Division, now is a public speaker. And he, he writes about that and just that mindset change and getting comfortable talking about yourself, getting comfortable, telling people how you can help them solve their problems. And that, that's been something that, you know, over the last couple of years, I've really been spending a lot of time uh, learning about. And, and ultimately, I think if you offer value and you're authentic, uh, you know, pe- people, people are going to pick up the phone and, and, and contact you. So mm-hmm. it's, it's been really rewarding to, to see it pay off. Absolutely. And that's, and that's a, and I'm glad you brought up Jimmy. Um, I don't, I don't know him on a personal level more like you may have, but I was within his brigade. I enjoyed his, uh, senior mentorship and leadership and guidance. And I hope that we can actually get him on the show once. Um, but I would tell you that that's, I mean, that's great. And you said branding, branding is key. And it's funny. I just read something two days ago, Gary, uh, Vanderchek. I love listening to what he has to say. He says, branding, all that is, is your reputation. That's right. That's all it is. So we've got to build a reputation. And from what I'm getting, you guys, you guys are solid. You're lock solid. All right. So let's go to the cards and let's, oh no, Ed's got a question. I see the hand, Ed. Oh, you missed the question a long time ago, my friend. Uh, but it's okay. No, so, you know, he was talking about the, uh, the importance of the real estate and understanding what you want. So I just wanted to share real quick. So I, I came here to Germany, no real estate agent, found something online, went, looked at this house, said, yep, this is for me. Now, luckily, it's just a rental. And then they told me, yeah, you might get dial-up speed internet, but I'd already signed all the paperwork. So uh, luckily, it's a little better than dial-up. But those are the type of things you run into, right? Like little stuff, little ankle biters that you don't mm-hmm. realize. And that's why you need guys like John and Rob to help you out. Absolutely. Well, yeah. well the, one of the good things that we actually do, and John's been very good about this recently, is it's not just here in Clarksville. If there's a, you know, if there's a soldier moving from Korea to Texas, you know, anytime in the near future, and he needs a, <laughs> are you talking about me? I'm just throwing this out there, and he needs he needs a very, you know, um, you know, a qualified professional real estate agent that you know works well with the military. We will go and find that guy for you or that, you know, that lady for you, and then refer you to them and have them contact you. 
and we will take care of that for you. I mean, that's no charge to you. That's just us doing, you know, you guys a favor to help um, everybody in the transition. That's amazing. And I mean, awesome. I mean, it, it's very simple for us to do because you know we're in the business. We know who is good and who is not. So let us find them for you, and you know, take care of you know other veterans and other soldiers. And that, you know, I find a, I find a, a similarity to the fact that if I would trust you by my side to send lead down range against the enemy. I would. I should be able to trust you also when purchasing a house, finding a realtor, right. doing all that stuff. So that's great, great stuff, guys. All right, nice. what do you got? You got anything else, Ed? No, that's it. All right, so we're gonna jump to these cards. What we did was we as we ask for three influencers. Doesn't have to be a person play. It could be anything. Um, we're gonna go each one. Uh, I'll let you go, rattle through your three, and uh, and then we'll uh, kind of close the show out. Go ahead, Rob. Well, you know when you gave me this card, I actually had. It was actually hard for me to fill it out because, I mean, you know, who truly are my, you know, three influencers that, you know, you know, I look back on. And the first one that actually came to my mind was my father. Uh, my dad is a self-made man. He's a self-made business. You know, he, he's just he, he's been there my whole life and he's always, you know, supported me and, you know, wanted me to you know do well. So my father is definitely one. And uh, another one is, is my pastor right now, Willie Lau. Um He's just a, he, he won't, he won't, or I want to be a better person because of him. Uh, you know, I see him helping people all the time, daily with anything they, they want, you know, they want to be and want to do. And then I would have to say, uh, you know, Jared James. I mean, he's the level of, of expertise and, you know, knowledge in this business as far as real estate. And I'd like to, you know, achieve somewhere on that level of uh, knowing my job and influencing people and, you know, being a professional in this new, uh, new job that I've chosen. Yeah. And I'd say, I'd say for me, um, I kind of looked at different facets of my life and, and those people who've uh, really helped me uh, become better in each. Um, um, a former battalion commander of mine, uh, Colonel John Bowman, uh, greatly influenced me uh, because he was exceptionally emotionally intelligent and he really allowed me to uh, execute discipline initiative as the army uh, talks about in their mission command philosophy and we have become just such great friends and he's someone I can go to and talk about life outside you know, the army. And, and he was that uh, as a as an army leader while I was in uniform. Um, I've got a great friend, Dan Walters, who uh, really taught me so much about work ethic and uh, taught me about, you know, making excuses. Uh, one, one of the things I like to say is all of our excuses may be relevant, but they rarely move us forward. Um, I'm not sure who who said that quote, um, but I, I really like that because we all struggle. We all uh, could make an excuse every morning as to why not to do X, Y, or Z. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, we're here to make a difference. We're here to positively influence others, and and ultimately, we just have to have to make it happen. Um, and then thirdly, uh, I, I think. My, my pastor too, Derek Smith, uh, he's just uh, 
just an exceptional person. I mean, he uh, balances life in a manner that's inspiring. You know, he, he leads a, a sizable congregation. He has five children. He's, he's fit. He's a great husband. Uh, and just I, I really look up to him because uh, he doesn't make excuses. He, he, his moral compass points north. And, uh, you know, people like that uh, really inspire me. That's just amazing. I mean, it's just listening to each of you. And I mean, and you think about it, we just got a group of inf- a bunch of information that our listeners can look back upon and they can see. Um, I'm definitely telling you this. I'm going to make sure once I get that website from you, I'm going to put that in the show notes along with your contacts for Facebook, because I really want people to contact you guys. I mean, this is, you know, this is, this is a good team listeners. I will tell you. And if you're just, if you're just even thinking about someplace to live or whatever, get a hold of these guys, man, because they're really good Americans who, and, and, and I wouldn't just say American, they're just good people. How about that? You know, Ed, what you got, brother? Yeah. You know, this whole, the whole talk about the real estate business, everything. I mean, like I said, I, I didn't work directly with Rob, but I'm going to tell you that when you asked him for something, if it was within his means, he made it happen. So if he has that same kind of determination and drive and work ethic, that he had in the military with the real estate, Rob, I might need a loan one day. I just want you to know that, buddy. All right, brother, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, is there anything else you'd like to let the listeners know about at all? No, we just, uh, uh, other than, uh, you know, we'd appreciate the opportunity to help you out. Uh, I feel like, you know, we offer a, we offer a great service, a unique service uh, with, with the partnership we've formed. And uh, we, we both really... Uh, try to go out of our ways to help people uh, achieve their their goals, uh, and uh, obviously those goals related to real estate. So, uh, look forward to connecting with you. Absolutely. I mean, and the common the common thing I'm hearing here the whole time is people before profit. That's what it sounds like. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, we after serving the nation, it's just another type of service. I think it's just built in our character. Absolutely. You know, it's and it's the idea that we know that, that to know a place where we can go, we're not going to get uh, done wrong or, or anything like that. You know, because it's so scary. Yeah, and at the end of the day, both of us are uh, committed to this community. You know, and if I can't shake your hand and look you in the eye and tell you where I work, tell you where I go to church, tell you that I teach you know, leadership courses at the university in town, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to allow, you know, an extra check to damage my reputation. Mm. And, and so I, I'm really committed to that. And, and, and I'm not trying to paint myself in this light that I'm some saint, but ultimately mm-hmm. I, I'm really committed to offering a service, um, uh, you know, a reputable service. Yeah. What a great interview this is. I mean, it really, I mean, because you think it's kind of an interview, but really it was just a conversation between four guys and looking at things. Um, hey, audience, I want there. I want you to, I want you to think about what, uh, what John had said about that bucket list thing. So here's your assignment, your task for the week. This week, I want you to give us your bucket list of 10 items related back to influence. He talked about relating it back to finance. I want you to let's let's put out some things there. Ten items that we're going to relate back to influence and how either we're influenced, we influence others, or just you know any any sense there. But ten items. Give us that bucket list of ten items back to influence. Ed, you got anything for the audience? 
No, I, I actually like that one. That one will be interesting to read the audience comments on. So I'm looking forward to this show uh, airing and uh, seeing what we get from the audience. Absolutely. All right, so we're going we're gonna to end the show uh, as normal. And, you know, we're just so grateful for everyone. Gentlemen, I am very thankful for the fact that you came on the show. I was so happy to hear when um, I ran into Rob at the commissary yeah, one day. and Out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't know. I said, hey, Rob, you want to be on the show? Because I knew the type of person he was, and he, <laughs> and he kept telling me about John. And really, tell you the truth, Rob, I just want to get John on. Oh, I know, I know. I mean, everybody <laughs> wants the officer, so that, that's why he speaks so eloquent, eloquently, and I speak so bluntly. Uh, so it, it works out well for our partnership. Yeah, and then it's like, it's crazy. So I asked you about it, and then, I mean, uh, a week or two later, you're like, hey, did you still want to do that let's let's buckle this in and i'm like oh yeah let me get on top of that you know and we we locked in the date we came over here i'm supposed well i'm supposed to be doing other things right now but um (laughs) my wife was like are you doing this this month yeah i got this i got it so but this is awesome guys thank you very much i really appreciate you coming on the instinctive influencers podcast because although you know we kind of talked about the real estate thing there's so much more from the story here there's so much more that they can connect with you and i hope people try to link with you whether just to make friendship or to make a partnership or just you know anything because good people deserve to be around other good people amen I, and i i really appreciate you having us on oh thanks. i appreciate you taking the time coming all the way out here to do this oh it wasn't that far i was just living on post so of course, uh, Ed, he's all the way in Germany. Well, so. he just signed on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I dipped out of work a little bit early. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, let's not say you dipped out. You completed all your tasks for the day, so you're good, right? That's true. I did. I absolutely did. <laughs> absolutely. All right, so we're going to end the show as normal. Um, thank you very much, listeners, for uh, tuning in. Like I said, hey, these guys are great. Check all the um, show notes, and, uh, and that way you can link up with them, and you can go on their Facebook, you can go on their website, check them out. With that, I am Brian. And I am Ed. And this has been the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day.